Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vanderbilt here. Yes, of course, I am with my trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woof. I hear you, Woody. I hear you. As I record this, it just came over the wire that Decision Desk has called the race for Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden has increased his votes enough in Pennsylvania where he's taken the lead in Pennsylvania. Now, it's by a very, very slim margin. Uh, we're talking, let's see, it's 49.4% for Biden, 49.39% for Trump. And there's 95% reported in. But because of this, Decision Desk has decided, based on whatever formulas they use, that they've called the race for Biden and that Biden is our 46th president. Now, so far, Decision Desk is the only one that has called that, as far as I know. But I'm sure more are going to follow. And what happens next is going to be... Well, it's going to be ugly. Um, We will see a lot of lawsuits. And I agree with the lawsuits, by the way. You know, I can't tell you that there is election fraud here. I can tell you that there are shenanigans. There's no doubt. And I'm going to go over those shenanigans today a little bit. Uh, And I'm going to tell you also why and how the GOP did really well this election cycle. There is this is an odd election. And now what it means well, you got to read the tea leaves. Now, of course, the left is going to have a, they're just going to be an absolute joy. I read an article earlier, or just recently, right after I saw the announcement from Decision Desk that Hillary Clinton cheered. I bet she did. It was four more years of Donald Trump. Who knows what he could do? Now, here's the thing that the left often forget. Uh, they forget <laughs> They forget Donald Trump is going to be president until uh, January 20th, uh, up till Inauguration Day. So he can be making a lot of calls between now and January 19th or, uh, of 2021. And so Hillary Clinton needs to not pop the Chardonnay so early just yet because if Trump's pissed, and uh, judging by some of the recent press conferences, he is, and he has a right to be, in my opinion, um, uh, the Hillary may need to kind of channel it down just a bit because Trump has the potential to do a little bit of scorching of the earth in his final remaining days. Now, I'm not saying I'm not calling the race, by the way. Uh, Decision Desk is one entity. And again, what all these entities do is they gather all their information and they do probabilities, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, if you go to Arizona, some have called Arizona, some have not called Arizona. So this race is still open. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't look good for Trump. It just doesn't look good for Trump. Uh, Georgia tipped to Biden overnight, and there's still some military ballots to be counted, quite a few from what I understand that could tip it back. But at this point in time, if Pennsylvania is lost, and I've said this from the get-go, this race is all going to come down to Pennsylvania. It is all going to come down to Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania is wrought with fraud. Uh, I'm not a big advocate of election fraud, but Pennsylvania is one of those states that have had a lot of election fraud. So what's going to happen now is the Trump campaign, they've already filed some lawsuits. Some lawsuits have already been uh, dismissed, but they're going to file other lawsuits. There will be an automatic count go in in some states. I think Pennsylvania is one of those states that I reported on yesterday that if it's within a half a percent, it's an automated count. So if it if Biden can't increase this lead by over a half a percent, it'll be an automated count. But 
Truth be told, I'm a realist here, and I know the left, they want to paint me with some kind of conspiratorial hat only because I support President Trump and support the right. You're a conspiracist if you support the right, just like you're a racist if you support the right, because the left are completely unhinged. But, uh, it, you know, in my experience, historically looking at the data, most recounts don't turn elections around, except the 2000 recount. Gore v. Bush. So there could that could happen. I'm not holding out on it. I'm not saying it will, but there are a lot of irregularities in this election. There's been story after story where poll workers for Republicans were denied access. The, there's been story after story of ballots being found. There was one recently where a postal worker was trying to go over the border to Canada and he had a bunch of mail in his in his car and like 800 and some pieces of mail. Those were not all ballots, but there are seven ballots, I think is what I reported in there. And of course, there was, there was nine ballots. Seven of them were for Trump, two of them were for Biden. So those kind of irregularities that have happened could, could make a huge difference. But I don't, I'm, you know, I do believe the left was devious in this election. Now, I, and I've got some data here that I'm going to go over from an article that I put out on Twitter that's gotten a lot of attention. So uh, in the article is, it's from Zero Hedge, is why does Biden have so many more votes than Democrat senators in swing states? And it's a good question. Does he? So, I, you know, rather than just relying on the article, and by the way, I've said this quite often, is do not rely on other people to tell you what you believe. You need to figure it out for yourself. So if the question is posed, why does Biden have so many more votes than Democrat senators in swing states? Don't just take it as gospel. Do your own research and your own analysis this is pretty easy to figure out so instead of glomming on to what the article said uh by the way it was written by tyler durden it was released uh 11 6 2020 uh i went and did it myself so here's the results that i saw myself again the question is why does biden have so many more votes than democrat senators in swing states and let's see let's let's look at michigan georgia north carolina arizona minnesota and texas no, I may be missing one, but these are the states that I had looked at. So if you look at Michigan, the senators uh, and the and I'm going to round numbers uh, up and down as best I can here rather than get into the minutia of it all. Uh, the Democrat senator got two million seven hundred twenty one votes. Uh, the Republican got two million six hundred thirty six. Joe Biden in Minnesota, Michigan. Uh, so far, as the count is, two point seven nine million votes to Trump's two point six four. So the Joe Biden got 69,000 more votes than the Democrat senator that was running in Michigan. Um, and Trump got 8,000 more votes roundabout than the Republican senator. Now, the, there's a dynamic in Michigan that needs to be addressed. The senator, the Republican senator, I think it's John James, I know his last name is James, uh, it's black. Yeah, John James, looking at it now. Uh, the, the Democrat is Gary Peters. So th that, this is Michigan. It's got a very heavy black population. That could have easily explained that. Now, it doesn't explain. I mean, could it be that a lot of blacks in Michigan voted for Biden and voted for Peters because Peters was black? Absolutely. Identity politics resides very heavily on the left. So that kind of explains Michigan. Georgia. 
Actually, I'm going to wait to Georgia. I'm going to get to Georgia. Let's go to North Carolina. North Carolina, the uh, Democrat senator got 2.54 million votes to the Republican senator, and it looks like Tillis is going to win 2.64 million votes. Uh, Joe Biden got 2.65 million votes. Remember, the Democrat senator got 2.54 million. Uh, Trump got 2.732 million votes, and the Republican uh, challenger got the Repo- Republican senator got 2.64. So Trump got 92,000 votes more than the Republican senator running for the same in the state. And Biden got 122,000 votes more. So what can explain that? Well, there was a scandal, a sex scandal in that Senate race. The Democrat challenger got caught up in a sex scandal. Now, he is a reservist, I think. He has some kind of affiliation to the military, and apparently he broke some rules, some protocol, military protocols, having an affair on, a, you know, on his wife, and apparently he had an affair in his own bed. So that all came out. I, I said this early on, that this doesn't look good for the Democrats in North Carolina, that Tillis is probably going to win now that that came out, because it was a nasty, nasty sex scandal. And that looks like that's what played out. So could that explain the Delta in North Carolina? Uh, Absolutely, it could. Uh, In Arizona, where the Republican lost her seat, uh, anyway, the Democrat got 1.56 million. This is Kelly. And the Republican got 1.46. And now Biden got 1.53 million votes, 37,000 more votes than the Democrat senator running, Kelly. And Trump got 1.48 million votes, uh, about 20,000 votes more than the senator. So that one's pretty tight. It's a swing state. Kelly is a former astronaut, and there there was a pretty contentious race because Buzz Aldrin came out for the Republican Senate. So there could be a delta there because – but that one's odd. I'll give you that one. It's odd. Now, Minnesota, you know, right now the state's been called for Biden, but let's look at Minnesota. Uh, In Minnesota – uh, the Democrat Senate candidate got 1.56 million to the Republicans, 1.39, and the Democrats won. Uh, Biden got 1.71 million to Trump's 1.48 million. So Biden got 150,000 more votes than the Democrat senator running, and Trump got 86,000 more votes than the Republican Senate running. So now I'm not, I haven't got to Texas yet. I'm going to give her Texas and Georgia. So in those states that I just mentioned, Michigan, North Carolina, Arizona, Minnesota, it all, it's possible. It, all this is possible. Do, did people just fill out for the presidency and not the Senate? Now, historically, people will tell you that typically people vote down ballot. That's not always the case. We have a record turnout election right now. I mean, we're looking at 160 million people potentially voting. I think the last number I saw was 159.7. It could exceed 160 million. Last cycle, 2016, it was 128 million. We had 67% voter participation in this election, and that's because of the lazy voter. I mentioned this on my show yesterday. Highly encourage you to listen to that episode, that the rise of the lazy voter is why we are in the position that we're in, and I'm going to get more into that in a little bit. So let's talk about Georgia and Texas. Uh, um, Texas first. Texas, the senator, the Democrat senator is up against a very popular incumbent, by the way, John Coyne. Uh, The Democrat senator running, who lost, got 4.84 million votes to the Republican senator who won 5.9 million. Now, why am I saying Texas? Because Texas went to Trump, right? These numbers are interesting. That's why I'm saying it. Now, Biden got 5.2 million votes 
Again, the Democrat running for the Senate got 4.8 million. Trump got 5.86 million votes in Texas to the Republican senator, 5.9 million. So Biden achieved 367,000 more votes than the Democrat running for the United States Senate in Texas. Trump received 71,000 votes less than the Republican incumbent running for the Senate. Now he's an incumbent. So that could have swayed that. But what this tells me, because Texas was one of those states that the Democrats thought they could flip. They put a lot of effort into Texas. They spent a lot of money in Texas. Ultimately, they lost Texas, but they spent a lot of money in Texas. So could, have, could that be the reason of the Delta in Texas, or could there be some nefarious things that have happened? Don't know. Uh, I'm thinking it's probably a combination of both because I do believe there's voter fraud. Let me put that right on the table. But I think it was I don't think it was in the mass scale that some people want to believe it is that tip the election because I believe the Democrats cheat every election. I believe they have it embedded in their apparatuses, in their infrastructure, that they cheat in every election, that the Republicans, whoever is running against them, has to have that many more votes in order to offset the Democrats' apparatus of cheating. You know, uh, we've seen voter fraud, and I know the left tries to say it doesn't exist. I'm sorry. It's been proven time and time again. There's so much out there on voter fraud. But, you know, is it on a wide scale? No, no, it's not. Now, let's go to Georgia. This is my home state, so know a little bit about it. Um, the Democrat senator candidate, Senate candidate, John Ossoff, who's a milquetoast candidate, by the way, received 2.35 million votes to David Perdue's 2.44 million. Now, that still hasn't been called. That race has not been called. Um, but this is interesting. Joe Biden has achieved 2.449 million votes, the same, almost close to the same amount of votes as the Republican senator, by the way, to President Trump's 2.448. Now, Georgia's not been called. So Georgia's still up in the air. And there's the military ballots that haven't come in. So it's it's. I think it's less than a thousand, at least the last reporting I saw is less than a thousand between Biden and Trump. But if this is the case, if this holds off, um, all these numbers, what they represent is that people didn't necessarily like Trump's policies, but they may not have necessarily liked Trump. And I know I've gotten a lot of flack for saying this because I don't believe there's this widespread voter fraud that tipped the election. I do believe there's voter fraud. And I do believe that Trump needs to uh, fight. I mean, I, I, I absolutely do not believe Georgia tipped to Democrat. I do, you know, I absolutely believe there's some shenanigans. And I do want this president to fight. I want these lawsuits. I want him to drag it out and to the, to the end. I, I, I'm sorry, but this is such an important decision that if he doesn't, then I would have a lot less respect for him. And we know that this president is a fighter. So is there irregularities? There's irregularities all over the place, and the president and his team need to push it. But what all this is telling me is that people like President Trump's policies. They like the Republicans' policies but they may not necessarily like Trump. Whereas a lot of us, myself included, cheered his bombastic nature, the soccer moms have rejected him. 
and now I'll give you an example. This would be my where I live, Georgia Six District. Um, Georgia Six lost again to a Democrat from this. This, and let me give a little backstory of Georgia Six. This this district that I live in, it's really cut kind of weird. It's cut across the top of metropolitan Atlanta, but this is Newt Gingrich's old district. Newt Gingrich rose to power in this district and you know he's a solid conservative i mean really solid conservative so this district was solid red up until um 2018 and in 2018 karen handel uh, was the sitting representative for georgia six and uh, she got that district against John Ossoff, by the way, who is the one who's running for Senate, U.S. Senate here in Georgia right now. And it was a pretty contentious election. She won by 52 to 47% margin, about 10,000 vote difference. And it it was, I mean, at the time, the left threw so much money at this race in Georgia 6 that it was the most money spent for any house race in the history of house races. And then you know, she won. And then Karen Handel ran against Lucy McBath in 2018 and lost. And she ran a milk toast campaign. She was, it was just a very, she, there was not a large present. I believe that she thought she should just coast right into the seat. And again, I've met Karen Handel. I've interviewed Karen Handel. Karen, if you're listening, I love you. If your team's listening, I love you. I just don't think you ran a great campaign. And then in this cycle too, you got a little, Karen Handel got a little more aggressive, but the soccer moms, and I don't think this was Karen's fault, by the way. I think the the Georgia six has changed, and the the and I don't have the numbers yet. Not, we haven't seen a lot of that yet. But in the twenty eighteen election, we saw it that uh, the female vote was so turned off by President Trump in north these this northern district of Georgia, Atlanta, that that's it went Democrat. Did we see that again? Is this indicative of that? Now, what we've also seen gains, and the numbers are coming out now, and, and I don't have them, but what we've heard reports of that Trump increased the minority vote. The black vote went for him more so than they did last time, the Latino vote. He won Florida because of the Latino vote. So he made a lot of inroads with minorities. Was that at the loss of white females? I don't know yet. Those numbers will come out. We'll get all that post-election data soon enough. But right now, we've got a fight on our hands. And I'm not ready to call this election for Biden, even though a decision desk has. But it's coming. It's close. Um, we'll know. You know, I, I was thinking we'd know by November 12th. But now it may be a little sooner. If other apparatuses start calling the election, then it's over. I agree with Hillary Clinton, though, that Trump should not concede. Remember Hillary Clinton famously saying to Joe Biden, don't concede, don't concede. I agree with her on that. I do. I don't think Trump should concede. I think he needs to fight, fight, and then fight some more. And by the way, the number of votes that Donald J. Trump has just achieved in this election are the second highest number of votes of any presidential candidate in the history of America. In other words, while he didn't beat Joe Biden right now, he beat Barack Obama's numbers. That's right. Donald J. Trump just achieved more votes than Barack Obama did. And previously, Obama had the highest number of votes. So he took that away from him, which is kind of nice, because I think Obama needs to be relegated to the dustbin of history. But here is where we're at in this country. And then I'm going to get into some positives here. Um, the lazy voter. 
the uninformed, the low information voter has won. They have won. And they have won because the Democrats made it easy for the lazy voter to, to have a, a voice. See, prior to the mail-in voting process, the lazy voter was too lazy to even let their voice be heard. They always had the same voice. Any, if you had been voting your entire life, your entire adult life, or just recently, or just now, if you made a conscious decision where I'm going to get involved, I'm going to get off my butt, I'm going to go to the polls, and I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote in person. Typically, conservatives do that, by the way. They vote in person. Mail-in votes for the Democrats usually are a lot higher, and then when it comes to election day, you, you see this conservatives come out. And you saw that in this election. Uh, you saw the surge of in-person conservative votes, votes for Trump, that happened. Unfortunately, 101 million people voted early. So that means about 59, 58 million people went to the polls on Tuesday. So a, a majority of this election was from early votes. And the lazy voter, I mean, they now have an equal voice. They always had an equal voice, but they at least you know, they just didn't get off their butt. They sat on the couch and they did nothing. They ate the potato chips, drank their sodas, drank their beer, watched their daytime TV, whatever it was, played their video games, whatever it was, they just couldn't get off their lazy ass to go out and vote in person because it wasn't important enough to them. They had the same voice as you have, the same voice as I have, but they just chose because they were so lazy not to exercise it. Whereas we... The voters who have been going to the polls judiciously every year after year, election after election, well, we always knew they had the same voice, but they were just too lazy to get up and uh, exercise their voice. Now they have, and the Democrats made it easy for them. So do you think the Democrats are going to let that go? Do you think the Democrats are going to change that and not allow mail-in voting in the next elections? They are going to fight tooth and nail to keep mail-in votings going because it's a winning strategy for them. The Democrats, by the way, lost bigly on the election. That's right. I said they lost. They lost bigly. The Democrats did not win in the 2020 election. Now, I know, I know, I know. Trump may have lost the election. I, you know, and it very much looks like he did. It very much looks like a win for basement Biden. But, and, and again, let me, before I get into how the, Demo, the Republicans won, let's go back to that lazy voter. This candidate, Joe Biden, didn't even campaign. I mean, he wasn't out until the very last few weeks, and then even then he was rarely out. The Democrats knew they had a lousy candidate, so they had to keep him off the campaign trail. And why did they keep him? Yes, they did keep him off the campaign trail. Why did they do it? Because they knew, they knew if he got out there, people would see it. And they wouldn't vote for him. So they, th their strategy, which looks like an effective strategy, was to keep him away from the voters. And it worked. You know, I said this early on that it looks like their strategy is to let Donald Trump campaign. You know, all the people that hate Trump will get riled up and energized because this was an election. This was an election against Donald Trump. Orange man bad. Election 2020 was effectively the orange man bad election. And the camp, the Democrats strategy was to keep Biden away from the cameras so he couldn't screw up like he did every time he spoke. And it worked. It looks like it worked. Now, again, I'm not throwing in the towel just yet. 
I think there, there is a path to victory, a very slim path to victory for Trump, but it's going to have to go to the courts. It, that's the only way he's going to win. And I fully support him doing that. Now, in the 1960 election, this same thing kind of happened in the 1960 election. There was some, um, there looked like there was some shenanigans in Texas and Illinois, and it was a very slim election. It was a very, it was the first election, by the way, where you had television debates and Nixon did horrible in that election because he didn't look good on TV, whereas Kennedy looked good on TV and Nixon had every right to contest the election and he chose not to. And he chose not to because he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, it was just good for the country. Why put it, the country into a constitutional crisis? Now, if you think about it, Nixon resigned his presidency after winning twice, by the way, uh, because he felt the same way, that he didn't want to put the country through a constitutional crisis. And the left, to this day, vilify Richard Nixon. They hate him. He did what was best, he thought, for the country. He actually stepped away. And they hate him. They hate him. You think they wouldn't do the same thing here? Why should Trump say, all right, for the better of the country, but to, to not put us through what we're about to go through, I'll step aside. I don't think he should because the left, they, they, they don't care. They just want to win at all costs. And we shouldn't allow them to win at all costs. It's time to fight back. That's one thing Trump brought to the table. He brought fighting. He brought fight to the table. He changed the way Republicans do business. Now, I hope and pray that they continue to understand that because if they don't, they're going to lose in 2022 because the Republicans had huge gains in this election cycle. And I'll get into those in a bit. So basement Biden, a man who is, for all intents and purposes, is going senile or is either uh, has Alzheimer's, whatever that cognitive issue he has, which we all see, you leftists including, will now go into the White House. He won't last but two years, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, and I'm, by the way, I, I called this election um, basically where everything fell was pretty close to what I would I thought it was going to fall. However, it just wasn't. I always said it's going to be election on the margins. I always said this is going to be a very tight election. And, uh, you know, the Democrats are not trustworthy. It's not a trustworthy party. They are corrupt to the core and they would do anything they can to win this election. It looks like they did. Now, what that is, I don't know. I'm not calling out yet. I think there, I think it was a combination of a, a, a thousand paper cuts, meaning that you know we've got that one postal worker who was crossing the border with nine ballots in his car. That's a paper cut. We've got other incidences and stories where ballots are misplaced and ballots, um, military ballots were thrown away. Those are paper cuts. And then we got how the left manipulates the media and manipulates people's thoughts. You go back to the 2016 election. We now know that Hillary Clinton was the one who created the Russia hoax. And we have, we have evidence that Hillary Clinton created the Russia hoax. We have evidence that Obama knew about the Russian hoax, all to plant a seed of doubt in people's minds. That's what the Democrats do. They've been doing it for generations and they're very very good at it and then along comes trump who kind of starts beating them at their own game and that's what the right needs to realize you cannot win against a dishonest opponent you have to fight 
back using their own tactics. And that's what Trump did, and they hated him for it, hated him. We are now on the cusp of a man whose first term in the presidency is going to end with an amazing amount of comp accomplishments. Four Mideast peace deals. The, an economy prior to the Chinese virus, and I'm not going to get into that. You know, if it wasn't for the Chinese virus, he would have won a re-election, no doubt. Uh, prior to the Chinese virus, his economic policies were just a stratosphere for our economy. His deregulation policies, his judicial picks. I mean, the man got three Supreme Court justices on the court, all in his first terms. We are about to see someone who is going to lose an election after their first term who had amazing amounts of achievements and accomplishment. The left doesn't want to, they don't want to acknowledge it. In fact, there's going to be some that are going to listen to this or watch it on either my YouTube channel, not my Rumble channel, because my Rumble channel is pretty much conservative. But they're going to listen to this. They're going to watch this and go, oh, no, he had no accomplishments. And I can go. I have a list, 125, and that was uh, from 2016 to 2018. A man who gave more money to historically black colleges and universities than any other president before. And uh, he's going to be if he loses this election and again it looks like it's it looks very likely that he will lose it's going to be a, a, a president with one term that has an amazing amount of accomplishments george herbert w george herbert walker bush didn't have this jimmy carter didn't have this these are the last one-term presidents in in my lifetime and it's just a damn shame it is a damn shame. Hey, when we come back, I want to go into how did the GOP win? Because they did win. They won this. They won in this election, and they won bigly. I mean, the implications of their win are huge. And then the lasting effects of a Donald Trump presidency, even though uh, his first term may have ended, he may not get a second term. I hate saying that. I do. But reality needs to sink in at some point. Uh, he could pull out a win. He could do it. But it's very, very um, – I know the odds are stacked against it. In other words, can't even find the words anymore. The odds are stacked against them at this point in time. They just are. So when I come back, I'm going to talk about that. So um, thank you for listening to this part of the PBL podcast. Please do like, subscribe, and share. We're going to fight back the big tech, by the way. I'm going to talk about big tech. We cannot let big tech win. This is a – if Donald Trump is defeated, this is a win on big tech. But we can fight back. Because big tech needs to go down as well. And the media, I'll talk about the media a little bit too on the next segment of the PBL Podcast. Again, thank you for listening to this segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Paper.